Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome. So, oh my goodness, I am coming at you from Los Angeles on a rainy Monday. We've got Seattle weather here today. 50-something degrees and just raining and raining and raining all week long. And I thought, you know what, what better kind of a day than to have a story time. And uh, a few episodes back, I read the first chapter of my spiritual memoir called The Buddha Made Me Do It, A Field Guide to Enlightenment. And back at, here at Blog Talk Radio, it's linked up. So because um, I'm going to read the second chapter today for you. So if you haven't heard the first chapter, you can go back and uh, listen to that. And I'm going to read the second. And uh, just so you kind of are up to speed, I wrote uh, this spiritual memoir I think it came out in 2016, and um, yeah, 2016, and it's a story about me and my girlfriend, Julie, uh, taking a deep dive into our spiritual practice, and Los Angeles is one of the places in the country that has so many woo-woo things to do. I mean, if you're into pendulums or candle magic or Wicca or angels or DNA activations, Reiki, um, all sorts of things. We've got festivals. We have healers. We have psychics. We have psychic fairs and little spiritual shops. And uh, um, The Buddha Made Me Do It is my third memoir. The first was Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. The second was Hearts on the Line, and those are more about my uh, matchmaking escapades in Beverly Hills. And then this one is something very special. It's very funny. Um, I kind of describe it as uh, a book that's like a combo of uh, Bridget Jones's Diary and Eat, Pray, Love. Um, So uh, so um, chapter two is called The Bamboo Beating, and I went to um, this shop, this, uh, this amazing shop up in Northridge and, and where they have uh, herbs and teas, and I tried a new modality cause, because uh, if you, when you hear chapter one, you'll hear um, how I, I got started in all this deep dive stuff, um, just diving deeper into the exploration. So here we go. So I first start out with with a quote, religion is for people who are scared to go to hell. Spirituality is for people who've already been there, Bonnie Raitt. I confess I was nervous as I prepared to face the music man, Adolfo. Once he saw what I'd done, his anger would be stupefying. I'd come so far, and so my stomach shouldn't have been in a knot. My throat shouldn't have felt like I was choking back my feelings. 
Since my first class with Goddess Tahita, I'd made some simple changes in my life and taken more classes at the Imagine Center as well. Julie and I had attended some fascinating spiritual workshops there and could discuss esoteric ideas like the Akashic Records, chakras, auras, and channeling as easily as we chatted about massages and mani-pedis. I was still learning about this fusion of ancient yet evolving ways of looking at the mysteries of life. I'd also returned to meditating on a regular basis, not every day, but at least a few times per week for these past three months of classes. For a Gemini hummingbird mind like mine that slips around in constant need of the nectar of mental stimulation, this was in itself miraculous. I was also becoming more aware of fears and emotional overload that blocked my chakras. I learned that any issue, whether health-related or emotional, creates a corresponding hormonal response. The upside is that we can learn to allow that process to work for us. The downside is that it can block or reroute the Earth-Life-Universe exchange of energy. I was pretty much in the downside that evening. So I entered my serene Zen space that I'd cleared and dried with sage and palo that I cleared with dried sage and Palo Santo. I took deep cleansing breaths and said my prayers and affirmations, kneeling beside my new altar with its collection of beautiful and powerful crystals, the Tibetan singing bowl, the miniature statues of Jesus, Mary, and a few saints, and different colored candles for manifesting and other rituals. I was feeling pretty centered after a 20-minute meditation, pretty much, and yet, Heat rose through my body like hellfire. My meditation had apparently summoned my kundalini energy, too. Or, hell, I was just scared. What could I tell Adolfo? I had gotten a little carried away in my spiritual quest. Adolfo was about to find out, and when he did, well, I couldn't even imagine to come up with a visualization of a positive outcome. When Julie and I started this fascinating journey, we approached it as something to do together. Girlfriends bonding over a new hobby. It was our little secret society of sorts, summoning the magic and mysteries that lay dormant deep within us. Recently, however, Julie casually mentioned a four-week workshop on candle magic that she had been taking at the Green Man store. My ego tipped out and tugged on my ear. Julie is taking a class without us? I had never heard of this Green Man store. It sounded intriguing, but why hadn't she asked me if I wanted to take this class? I love candles. I wanted to learn how to dress candles for manifesting, too. I hadn't even thought of signing up for a class without Julie. But then again, why not? Why couldn't we each advance on our own path together and separately? I chastised myself. Marla, you silly soul, what were you thinking? Busy with my work, I let the candle magic issue drop. But then I couldn't stop myself from thinking, what if she was getting more advanced than I was in her powers of manifestation? Again, I wavered, chiding myself. I was much too enlightened to suffer pangs of jealousy over a candle class. Still, I supposed it wouldn't hurt to step it up a notch if enlightenment was what I was truly pursuing. The Buddha found enlightenment under a tree, but that was only after searching for it for decades. The great yogis and gurus did drastic things like subsist on five almonds a day in mountain caves for years. If I roamed the wilderness, nearly starved and hallucinated for 40 days, everyone would think I was nuts. But, of course, billions worship Jesus, a man who did just that. So in order to progress, I needed something powerful, something that neither Julie nor anyone else that I knew, for that matter, would ever do. And I found it. All right, something nobody in their right mind would do. And it left mementos all over my body, which Adolfo would soon see. 
I rose up from my altar and padded across the hardwood floor in my bare feet to the bathroom to take a shower before going to bed. Adolfo was at work and wouldn't be home until after midnight. Standing in my underwear, I examined myself in the full-length mirror and cringed. It would take at least a week for the bruises to fade. As if my skin were an impressionist palette, its coloring shifted from red to purple, blue, and yellow up and down my hips and legs. My back was also covered in red circles, and a vampiresque bite mark encrusted with dried blood graced my upper right butt, butt cheek. My body hurt, yes, but somehow I felt a tinge of that good kind of hurt. Imagine how, after running a 28-mile marathon, the body aches with satisfaction that something has been accomplished. That line of reasoning wouldn't cut it with Adolfo. How in the hell could I conceal this from him? My passionate Latin husband would undoubtedly want to be intimate soon, and even if a miraculously potent sun flare were to somehow cause his libido to wane for a week, my hot flashes and night sweats alone would have me peeling off my PJs in no time. Here's how my skin became an art project. I paid someone to beat me with bamboo. Beat, yes, with bamboo. Ha, top that, Julie, darling. So how did a smart goddess like me get involved with something so drastic? A week earlier, I happened to be up in Thousand Oaks to meet a client. Afterwards, I stopped at one of my favorite places called the Healing Tree. They have soothing teas, healing herbs, medicinal tonics, and my new favorite beverage, homemade kombucha. The owner, Mo, a boyishly good-looking young doctor of Chinese medicine, conducted various healing modalities in the back room, and I had heard wonderful testimonies about his curative powers. Up until that day, I had not met Dr. Mo, who had invented a procedure he called percussion therapy. Many of the clients claimed that it was life-changing. Well, that day, Dr. Mo himself was there, just finishing up assisting a young woman select some tea to help her with insomnia. After he handed the woman her $15 bag of tea, I introduced myself. I absolutely love your place, I gushed, and your kombucha is to die for. He carefully looked me up and down. I read auras, he stated matter-of-factly. You have some stagnation of energy around your right leg. Really? My right leg had been bothering me lately, especially at night. An excruciating pain shot up and down, disturbing my sleep. How could he know this? I decided to trust him and explain my symptoms. Yes, well, I can see that. The right side is the male side. The male side? That sort of made sense. Adolfo and I had been going through a particularly arduous time. He didn't take too well to my exuberant interest in the mystical. Besides the cost of the workshops, lectures, crystals, card readings, aura cleansing, and magical doodads, Adolfo was not pleased with my ideas on channeling, angels, fairies, extraterrestrials, astral travel, and orbs. I have an extremely open mind. Who am I to say that these things don't exist? Until someone can prove otherwise, I am fascinated in exploring the possibilities. Delving into the metaphysical side of things makes life sparkle. But Adolfo had one word to sum it all up. Fantasy land. According to him, I was out of reality. He had shared his unsolicited opinions with me in the form of a rant. Marlita, come on, he said. Angels don't exist. They're a fantasy that people made up. And whatever you do, please do not talk about it in front of my friends or family. I really think you might be going crazy. I mean, if you were standing in front of the judge and you told him the things you were doing, he would immediately send you to the loony bin. Ah, Adolfo's strong reaction to my newfound interest hurt deeply. His words pummeling me like a fist in the gut. 
Debating the issue has never changed his mind. Neither did pleading with him to let me have my views about running without running commentary from him. One approach that had a spiritual justification was not to engage, thank him for sharing, and leave the room. That sometimes worked. I think I thought about the witches of Salem who were burned at the stake for what I now know for what I am now free to participate in, which is nothing more than honing my intuition, communing with the divine, and marveling at the unknown wonders of the universe. I was hurting no one. My spiritual sisters did not have the luxury back then that I do. I carry their struggle in my soul. Adolfo's criticism only hearted my resolve to delve deeper into my studies. I was determined to prove him wrong in the end, not really as a goal or some egoistic need to be right, I just had this one fantasy that someday all would be revealed and Adolfo would turn to me and say, holy crap, Marlita, you were right all along. I am so sorry that I doubted you. UFOs are real and I can feel my guardian angel by my side. Okay, he doesn't have to go quite that far, but I'd love for him to have a meaningful spiritual experience that we could share. But until that day, I had to find a way to live with the opposition or not. I had a deep love for this man, and I knew that he adored me and would literally take a bullet for me. He'd expressed this to me many times. His devotion was unquestionable, but at one point, what point must I save myself if he only loved his concept of who I should be and how I should act and what I should say and to whom? Was that really love of me? Many a night I have gazed into the stars, at least the few that are visible in the San Fernando Valley, and focused on Orion the constellation that the pyramids were aligned by. We are ancient beings, souls on a never-ending journey through the cosmos, gliding in and out of life, learning lessons, working out the kinks, the karma, and hopefully evolving to our utmost potential. This process is ever more compelling and sacred to me. I could not be with someone who locked the gate. I had to go out and discover and experiment. So, Dr. Mo, what can I do? I asked the handsome young Chinese doctor that Thursday afternoon. How can I unstagnate my energy? Do you think that your percussion therapy would be helpful? With a nod, Dr. Mo confidently affirmed me that it would. I immediately booked an appointment. After all, $105 to get on the road to unclogging my aura and even possibly changing my life? What a bargain. I'd arrived promptly at noon and chatted briefly with Jason, a very cute 20-something yoga teacher and a regular at the Healing Tree. He was sitting with a couple of friends, sipping tea and munching some freeze-dried mushrooms and sweet plums. Jason said he'd had percussion therapy a couple of months ago, and it was incredible. And yes, life-changing. I wished I'd had more time to chat with him and find out what his exact experience was and how it changed him, but Dr. Mo was ready for me. Wish me luck, I chirped excitedly over my shoulder as I was escorted into a room with two comfy chairs. As we sipped hot tea, we chatted about my energy levels, sleep patterns, and more. After taking a quick look at my tongue and taking my pulse, he then led me into an even smaller room that had a massage table in the middle. There were shelves and a glass cabinet against one wall, which housed a dozen or so cups. I knew immediately that they were for something called cupping therapy. I had read about the therapy but had yet to try it. The application of suction cups to various sizes on the body allows for the fascia the connective tissue of the body to separate from the skin and muscles in order to unblock stagnation of key energy, thereby promoting healthy circulation. By focusing on superficial and middle layers of tissue, the process is intended to detoxify the whole body and various organs as well as clearing the emotions. 
Cupping therapy dates back to ancient Egyptian, Chinese, and Middle Eastern cultures. One of the oldest medical textbooks in the world, the Abers Papyrus, describes how the ancient Egyptians were using cupping therapy in 1550 B.C., Cupping therapy is incredibly popular in China. I recently saw a video online of people getting it done on street corners. So the process has certainly withstood the test of time. Another shelf housed a large glass container filled with water and what I was pretty sure were leeches. The dark, slimy creatures looked like stubby, slithery worms swimming around. They disgusted me, and I quickly focused my attention on undressing down to my underwear and T-shirt. Lying on one side, I felt Dr. Mo scrape my upper leg quite forcefully. Before I utilized the bamboo sticks, I used this wooden tool to scrape the skin, which allows the stagnant key to move. This detoxifies the body, emotions, and various organs and focuses on the superficial layers of skin and tissue, he explained. The scraping alone felt like it would bruise me, but I, I was relieved when it was over. But then he picked up the two bamboo sticks. Dr. Mo commenced to play my leg as if he were Buddy Rich, and the tympanic section of my body stretched all the way from a couple of inches above my right ankle up to the hip. He jammed on my upper leg, which sounded like fleshy tomatoes sliding against a wall. The tapping or beating was not done with much force, but the pain astonished me. I have never felt such excruciating agony in my life with the possibility with the possible exception of a certain bikini wax job a few years back. With every tap, my skin burned as if it had caught fire. I took deep breaths, moaned, whimpered, and then let out a few screams, followed by coyote-like yelps. I wondered what Jason and the patrons on the other side of the door sipping tea must think. Dr. Moe, I asked through clenched teeth, what exactly is this doing? He gave me a variation of the same answer, allowing trauma, emotions, and inflammation to be expressed out of the body to allow for circulation. This detoxifies the body, emotions, and various organs and focuses on the deepest layer of muscular tissue. Shit, goddammit, motherfucker, that hurts. Sorry, but my thoughts had abruptly turned non-spiritual. I gasped, oh, really? Hot damn, this hurts, Mo. Teeth still gritted. Do your other clients scream too? Ha <laughs> ha. Sometimes they do, he admitted. I had one guy let out a primal, guttural howl like a wild animal. It was crazy. That didn't seem crazy to me at all. Dr. Moe continued the assault. Ooh, here it comes, here it comes. What, what? The emotion, the trapped key, it's coming up and being released. Can you take it for a bit longer? I seriously didn't know if I could, but I was determined to release my resentment, frustration, and pent-up anger. I was determined to get my $105 worth of pain. Mo could beat out every hurtful word Adolfo had said that lodged into my cell. I was ready to release the words that went all the way back to the bullies in my sixth grade class that made my life hell for a year, pulling out chunks of my hair and degrading me for being different. I was committed to this healing. I wanted to let go of the past. The past pain, my brother's untimely death, bad choices in relationships, missing my deceased father, spiteful art judgments of my shallow clients, and guilt over unsaved money over the years. Let it all come up. Let it all be released. Yes, come. If I didn't pass out first. When the tapping was over, I let out a sigh of relief. <sighs> I felt triumphant. I might as well have climbed, climbed Mount Everest. I'd made it through. Dr. Moe instructed me to turn over on my stomach so that he could apply a few suction cups on my back. <laughs> well, heck, Gwyneth Paltrow had done it. I guess I could, too. 
He left the room while I took off my shirt and bra, and I lay on my stomach in, my, in just my panties. Dr. Moe began to attach the cups. I didn't realize that they were basically screwed on. It was a tad uncomfortable, but after what I went through with the beating, <laughs> I didn't complain. Once the cups were all screwed on, about a half a dozen of them, Dr. Moe said, well, are we going to go all the way? Jeez, didn't he realize I was a married woman? I looked into his eyes to see if something sadistic or perverted hid in his expression. No, not that I could tell. Then I noticed the little demonic black wormy things swimming in their jar. Oh, you mean the leeches? Yes, give it a try. Leech therapy is very effective. The leeches secrete an anticoagulant substance from their saliva. This action allows for toxic blood to pass freely in order for the free flow of key to occur. I hesitated for a minute, wondering if I could handle having one of those creatures sucking my blood. At least I wouldn't be able to see anything since I was lying on my stomach. And if Demi Moore could do it, which she did, so could I. They don't call Lala, they don't call L.A. La La Land for nothing, and we are proud denizens. Go for it, Mo. The blood sucking had better be included in the original fee, I mentally groused. Dr. Mo gave me an enthusiastic, okay then, and fished a leech out of the glass jar. I felt the wetness of the creature as Dr. Mo gave it a slow tour of my shoulder blade area. Hmm, the little guy doesn't seem to want to attach there. Here, there's no bad blood to suck. He moved the critter down to my upper hip and the thing sank its teeth in. Okay, he found some. How does the leech know which blood is bad, I asked. The leeches have an agreement with us, with nature. Isn't it marvelous? A vision flashed across my mind of Adolfo having me taken away in a straitjacket. They'll have you back in no time, Marlita. You'll see. Just a few shock treatments should do the trick. As I lay pretty much nude on the table with a cup screwed to my back and a leech sucking the blood from my ass, Dr. Moe picked up his bamboo sticks and gave me a little extra treatment on the back of my lower legs. Surprisingly, it didn't hurt, which meant there was no trauma trapped in that area. This must be what S&M is like, I mused. Dr. Mo laughed. You're probably right. When I finished, I exited the room and spotted Jason still sitting with his buddies. He shot me a crooked smile and a nod of both commiseration and congratulations. You made it through. Awesome. At the cash register, Dr. Mo suggested a few herbs that would assist in the cleansing process. Still under the euphoria of having survived, I agreed to purchase the four bottles of liquid magic for an extra $75 and also made a second appointment for another session of the percussion therapy. It can take up to five or six sessions depending on how deep the trauma is, he explained. I figured this wouldn't be a one-shot deal, but I was in for the long haul. I will be here, Dr. Moe. Thinking that Julie could really benefit from this, I called her as I drove home, excited to share my newfound modality. Her voice over the speakerphone sounded incredulous. Marla, are you serious? Beaten with bamboo? Now that's just crazy. You will never get me to try that. But Julie, honestly, yes, it hurts. I mean, like a son of a bitch, but it is totally worth it. Okay, Marla, um, I'm really glad that you liked it, and I hope it does something for you, but I will never let someone beat me with bamboo. That was Wednesday. That was Wednesday afternoon. It was now Friday, and Adolfo wouldn't be home for another two hours. After my shower, I put on PJs that fully concealed the bruises and sipped a tea made from an herb for relaxation I brought from, from Mo, hoping I could delay the confrontation a little longer. I agree, bamboo beatings are not for everyone, and maybe in the end I will have wasted my money, but I could honestly say that I felt I'd accomplished something with Mo drumming and whatnot on my body. It's as if the beating broke some chains and the suction cups and leeches were able to draw forth a more authentic me. 
as weird as that sounds. Maybe the procedure was actually some kind of karmic gauntlet, a rite of passage with a tremendous placebo kick in the keister, more than it was a treatment for actual medicinal benefits. Whatever it was, I felt more empowered to cope with whatever negativity came knocking at my door. Was that Adolfo's car pulling into the garage? So that's chapter two. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are interested in getting the book, it is available on Amazon. The Buddha Made Me Do It, A Field Guide to Enlightenment. It's in Kindle and paperback. And I'm sending you much, much love. Until next time, bye now.